Hey, listeners, welcome to the Comedy Northwest podcast. This is your host, Ryan. Uh, this is an awesome after party episode that I recorded with some awesome comedians that randomly came into town. Uh, and of course, we're recording this intro after we just recorded the podcast. Say hi. Hi. You hey. have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> Help! Help! Call 911. Help! At Core Cohen. <laughs> There's the real plug. There's the real one. Oh my God, you guys. All right, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Comedy Northwest podcast, everybody. Yay! Yay! I need to get a soundboard. That's something that needs to happen. <laughs> I've decided that. Beep, 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 so beep. this is a this is a special uh, blue light uh, after party episode of the Comedy Northwest podcast. After hours. I'm sitting here with uh, what turned out to be our co-features for tonight. Uh, we had a show at Seven Nightclub tonight. Uh, and the the headliner that we had booked wasn't able to make it, so Paulina, the feature, had you guys come with her. She headlined. We did an awesome show. You guys did amazing. Thank you. So we're now just hanging out after that show, but I am here with Riley Fox. Hello. Hey. And Cor Cohen. What up? Cor, right? Cor. C-O-O-R. Yeah. But see, I you... Charlie, you, Oscar, Oscar Romeo... Those phonetic heads out there. When there are some times when I will get the information on a feature and it'll be an odd name and I just have no idea. So C O O R core yeah. could have been core, you know. Two O's I gives said it a new. You would have been cool with the core. I yeah. I mean, because like people, some like people, some people do say it like that. Well, what's actually really funny is like tonight. You announced Riley on stage yes. is Ridley. Oh, did I say Ridley? Yeah. <laughs> God oh, damn it. <laughs> it was kind of funny, though. So oh, I don't think anything about it because, like, he has a unisex name that's in, like, eight Pixar movies right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> so right, I'm just right. kind of like, whatevs. Yeah. God damn Ridley. Really? God damn it! What? That's the coolest. Your but I still, ever but sounded, I still, actually. I still said my my favorite though. Like I was, I was saying earlier, is that I I once did a show at a comedy club and they had like comment cards and so somebody wrote on their comment card, "Bring back Rodney Fats." I'm like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's the name I should go by. Apparently, Rodney Fats. Uh, so uh, you need a haircut if that's what they're calling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Aww. I'm just saying that's a, there's Rodney a certain Fats. there's a certain haircut that Rodney Fats has. We all know it. It's very, it's a very, like it's a very breaky heart. 1992. I, well, I, I always picture more of like a dice clay kind of uh, dice. Rodney Fats fucking coming at you applicable, with harsh opinions appli- about women. Applicable <laughs> and, and also equally disgusting. Women in other minorities feeling the wrath of Rodney Fats. Andrew Dice Clay definitely needs a haircut and more than that. He needs like a bath and like Clorox. But like the toilet bowl cleaner has like his body wash. I've actually never met him 
but he's a really nice guy, and I didn't mean any of that. Oh, I've seen any reviews. He doesn't seem like a very nice person. I bet he's a sweetheart. I bet he loves like um, Annie's like Bunny's fruit gummies. Like I bet he's like a, I bet he loves kale. I bet he's a nice guy. I just meant it because like the joke was funny. But I bet he's a modern nice day dude. dice clay. Oh. So Riley, he's gluten free. Not Ridley. Riley, see, oh, that's gonna bug me forever now. <laughs> Ridley's the coolest he's ever been. Though, yeah, that is. So come on, that's it. not that out cool. of all of the Ridley names. Ridley is pretty cool. I could, yeah. Uh, so I have to, I have questions for the podcast. I will okay. ask you the questions, and I know that uh, Cor over there will answer these <laughs> in her own time. Uh, so my first question to you is, where do you originate from, and where are you currently stationed out of? I was uh, I was I was born outside of Dallas, Texas. Lived most of my life in Nashville, and I'm currently based in Portland. Okay, and Portland. I live in Portland. Yeah. You... <laughs> I'm sorry. You're doing more important things right now. No, I just was. Trying to not talk into the microphone. That's why I moved it. So no, you're fine. No, me. this is a podcast. Talking on a microphone is sort of the key to this whole thing. Okay, I was uh, I was born in Minneapolis, uh-huh. and I've lived in like 22 cities. Okay, currently in Portland. Portland, also. Yeah, as an adult, so, I've actually only lived in like four or five cities. So I moved around a lot as a kid, from like uh, like Minneapolis to like Miami, mm-hmm. and like everywhere in between. So. Just because, like, what my parents did for work. So where did you two meet? We met at a birthday party. In Knoxville. Yeah. Okay. So before you hit the West Coast, you guys came over together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long have you been in Portland? Uh, a little over three years. Okay. Doing mm-hmm. comedy the entire time? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys were doing comedy before you came over here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, I started in Nashville uh, the week after Obama was elected the first time because I <laughs> cared about the country. And <laughs> well, well, I also started a week after Obama really? got elected for the first time in the same building, but we were in separate sessions. Uh, all right, so I have so to ask. So we never met in Nashville. We met in another city. Oh, oh yes, you mentioned that earlier yeah, tonight. Yeah, we met in another city at a friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. and this is what you bonded just like over. after. Actually, I think I like talk shit about like your dog, your favorite band, you, your major, everything. Yeah, yeah. The first, yeah, our first time having Ugh. coffee together was basically like, "Hey, Riley, what are all the things you like?" I'm about to shit all over this, and then and then, and then I was like. <laughs> I can't get enough of this. I was like, third wave what? feminism, baby. No, <laughs> and I was like, I can't get enough. What's your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> so both of you had already been doing comedy before you met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Actually, and- we did a comedy show. My last show in Nashville before I went to, because I was uh, studying for my Series 7 to be like a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. And actually specialize in like a like capital like terrible Donald Trump shit. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, I think I should take a break and like go to the beach for three months and like quit my job and sell my shit. Legit. So we did a show together, never met, and then I flew the next day out, and then we met like I don't know, like a year and a half later mm-hmm. at a birthday party, and just happened to be like. Like, you remember you were at that show, and then we also remember you at the same place at the same time, so. Oh. 
So anyway, next question. The reason I'm bringing all this together is because what interests me so much about you guys is that you are in a relationship. What? What? That's news to me. I know. But Stop the reason riding I my to... coattails, Riley. <laughs> uh-huh. The reason I want to talk about it is because I am Seriously, also in a relationship it's with a comedian. So there are a lot of people that feel that the competition aspect between comics is not something that can be maintained in a relationship. So, yeah. So this has been brought up before. There is uh, another couple just recently where um, one person got interested in comedy. The other person came to an open mic and did well. And then after what could have been an awkward conversation, that other that significant other never came back to open mic again. So it is, I don't know how somebody can get into this business and be so egotistical that their loved ones are considered competition. So what have you guys done to avoid or Stab procure... each other in the kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I could not help myself. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I would You're say Do you have hope now? <laughs> I would say first of all, I need a band-aid. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> I think uh for us it really just came down to uh like figuring out what each other's uh strengths are and what our like uh you know cuz we have different sort of philosophies about comedy but it, uh but it was more about not trying to determine, oh, that oh, one of us has it all figured out and the other one doesn't. It was more just like, what can we take from the other person's approach and incorporate that into our own ideas or philosophy about how we do comedy, why we do comedy, what sort of comedy we want to do, different you know techniques that we can just sort of pick up on from each other and just sort of learn from. And it's just basically just com- you know learning how to combine those things and, and work more as a team in some ways yeah and to give you like an idea of like juxtaposition so you like grew up an atheist for the most part mm-hmm. and you grew up on comedy albums i grew up a devout pentecost who was fighting an invisible war you know what i mean like i don't ever talk about it on stage because like i just don't feel like my audience deserves that people are like it'd be so funny i'm like yeah but like they didn't come for that you know what i mean like they're yeah. like can i get a dick joke you know like so that's too much there are things in my life where I feel the exact same way. I'm like, I, there's no way that I can laugh at this horrible thing in my life. How could they? Like, yeah. there's no way. But that's the thing. That is what people laugh at the most. Well, yeah, I just mean like the juxtaposition. Like, he was an atheist who grew up on like comedy albums, whereas like I was a Pentecost who grew up on like HBO urban comedy. Yeah. And so like from like like age like eight, I remember watching like. Carlin, Chris Rock, Martin, like Martin Lawrence, he's so crazy. It's just by far one of the most underrated urban fucking like specials of all fucking time. I mean, I really think like if like it's just perfect. It's one of the most flawless 90 minute performances, period. And like you had never been exposed to that. So I think part of the fun of like crossing that was like. What is that fucking look that you're giving me? <laughs> you look I'm like just you're listening. Oh. I'm just enthralled. Oh, okay. I was like, you look like you're either going to throw up or like, I'm not sure. 
But so, like, yeah, I think being able to exchange like, uh, especially like you grew up with like Bill Hooks and like Dwight Slade, and like to be able to like sit at Helium next to Dwight Slade and like kind of have that experience of like watching him perform in that sense, like yeah, just exchanging like cultures, even though we both come from like what people would view to be the same culture, like. I think you and I come from very different worlds within the same society. Yeah. So totally. Yeah. So have you guys written material for each other? Technically, yes. Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so the best way to say the same thing. Twice. Yeah, that was <laughs> Yes. We write it for ourselves and then we're mad because we don't have the gender to tell it. Right? Yeah, or, or yeah, or we just yeah, we realize like ah shit, this would sound better coming out of your mouth and not mine. God damn it. Yeah, right? there's always it's never like you don't get a joke because of love. You yeah. get a joke because someone's mad because they know Yeah, it's they... never it's never hey, I wrote you a new joke. It's god damn it, I wrote you a joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exact same experience. There are in fact there are times and what's hysterical is because we've done it to each other where we've used somebody else's joke, but it's usually a joke that we've written about the other person. But so we'll steal that and turn it around on them. Yeah. And we we film all of our shows. We go back. We can watch the footage. What's your What's your dominant rule of um, who owns the joke? This is. Oh, okay. So this is True this chest. is. Oh. Hold on, d- hold so, on. Don't well, don't say anything. No, ask, well, uh, ask you. Just ask to dog. just to clarify the question. So. Say, say one of you comes up with a premise for a joke, Uh but the other person comes up with the punchline for the first person's premise. That was better than the initial punchline. Then whose joke joke is it? The the person who who presented the the original premise or the person who had the better punchline to the joke? What's the joke about? Hold on, real quick. You guys are going to break up, and let me tell you why. You don't have a plan for this situation. <laughs> no, we do have a plan. That's, I uh, need what, to know. What is that plan? The plan is who does it fit better with? No, it's. Because if it's a joke that can already fit into a bit that she already has, mm-hmm. and it already fits into that better than anything that I have, then the but, joke is hers. But. 80% because it will get of more jokes laughs are new, out of though. her. It's not a development thing. Like 80% of like are brand new. Yeah. So you come up with a brand new thing about like red markers that no one's ever thought of or ever heard. Yeah. And you're like red marker, red marker, red marker. And she, and you're like, what about red marker dildo funny as fuck, right? <laughs> like that's your punchline. I get it. Okay. I'm with you. And she's like, but what about green crayon? loving as fuck and it's like boom the funniest shit ever yeah do you own the joke because of red red marker red marker the idea Mm -hmm. or does she own the joke because of green crayon is it the premise or the best punchline is it the idea or the best punchline that wins who has a red marker bit already well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, for us, like, the way we do it is, like, whoever comes up with the concept owns the IP to the joke. Yeah. So, like, if you write a joke about 
uh, I don't know, espresso beans. Yeah. And I come up with a better tag for it. It doesn't mean that I get to take the joke because my punchline, the funny part, was way better than your idea. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of our basic system. <laughs> I got really deep for a second. <laughs> for for Elaine and I, our basic idea is if you, I mean, name any subject. Give me any premise, whatever. It doesn't have to be a real thing. Squid. Squid. Uh, I, I don't know anything about improv, but I feel like I'd be great at it because I just said squid. <laughs> Uh, so if one of us has any sort of seafood, any sort of marine life bit, then that person would get that joke. But then what about the situations where nobody has any sort of pre-existing, uh, Uh, existing material on it? I don't know. We, I, I do what I can to avoid this situation specifically to claim bits as quickly as possible. Ah, you do the, I was here before you. No, 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 no. The idea is I have, my writing process is as soon as something funny happens, I write it down. And then I come back to it with a fresh mind and then work it out. So what I do is as soon as I or somebody else, uh, anybody that's a comic that's in the room, as soon as that person says something that I feel is a solid enough premise that would have enough material and jokes about it, I tell that person to write it down. So as soon as that person writes it down, it becomes their premise. Let me ask you a question. Say somebody came up with an idea for a joke Based upon Tillamook vintage cheese. Have you seen this stuff? The Tillamook vintage cheese? Yeah. Say they thought of the idea. And then you think to yourself, vintage cheese? It's cheese. It's already vintage. I know, right? It's like, how could you even pass a joke like that up? But say you developed that premise like 24 months ago. Uh-huh. But you haven't done a joke about that premise on stage wait, wait, yet. Wait, here we go, here we go. But Elaine wants to fuck that premise up. Is Whoa. there an expiration date between when Elaine gets to write a joke about vintage cheese yes. on a vintage cheese that you've already... There yes. is an ex... Well, this is like a polyamorous joke situation. I just feel like there are so I'm many sorry. rules that I don't understand. <laughs> if there are two parties to a joke, <laughs> there that is... That was the best thing you could say no, if, after if, polyamorous situation. It doesn't matter <laughs> what percentage is owned. After a certain amount of time, if that person claims the joke, but they don't use it on stage, it is up for grabs. <laughs> now, if the, person, if the original person, if the original person that didn't use the joke is angry that that person is now using the joke, they can have a discussion. Uh, they have to give it back. Do they have to roll a 12-sided die? No. For- <laughs> If the original person really flips their shit, give them the joke because it's not worth the drama. It's just one joke, whatever. Uh, but the other thing is that if if you write a joke and somebody else is getting like good out of it, and you know what, if that person, if you like that person, let them have it. Because if you are a quality comic, that one joke will not make or break you. 
I prefer to do the Casey Anthony thing. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to. Oh, God. Bury you in a hurricane. If, as if you were my own firstborn. If somebody. That was a, that was a weirdly dated reference that you sold really well. <laughs> I just want to point that out. You really, really wanted to. Oh, this. Kate. Remember Casey Anthony? Remember that shit? <laughs> That's the hardest I've tried at anything in five years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, I'll really. So, guys, the Menendez brothers. <laughs> Remember those guys. So, here's what I got. So, uh, <laughs> to recap. Fill it in. So, uh, Core came up with the... No, wait, no, Riley came up with the vintage cheese. No, you were right the first time. That was me. Core came up with it? Core Core came up with the vintage cheese (laughs) concept. And didn't and it kept never she never Has said those words to, again for how long? To this day. <laughs> so and how, this was about three years ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, that joke is up for grabs. <laughs> if he was privy to the creation of this joke he and was you that, refuse he, he was, was yes, not even where yes, the joke I was. was. No no, it was between me and Danielle Parker. And it happened in another city outside of Portland, in which but you were you, not even in. Uh, but then uh, you uh, told me about the joke. Yeah, because it's my you motherfucking about, joke. You You're right. That's why I joke, told you it. But you haven't done anything. You haven't done it on stage in three years. This is where the, this is. Okay. As I am. As the, as the impartial I'm judge. I'm throwing a yellow flag. I'm letting you guys know. At this point, it is her joke. So you need to ask her permission if you can use it. Now you, as the owner of the joke. Portland, Portland. Wait, listen to me. This isn't over with. Okay. He needs your permission, but as a professional comic, this one joke, you have not used it for three years, which means that it's not going to help your career any more than it has at this point. Can I ask you one question? Yes. Okay, so you're like a man, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So like you talk about food on stage? Yeah. So, like, do you have any idea what it's like to be a woman to talk about eating cheese on stage? Oh, you're breathing in hard. <laughs> your subject matter is your own choice on stage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm actually just holding that joke over his head. Just to fuck with him. <laughs> no, but the scene. <laughs> and I, I'm just going to admit on your podcast and to your face, even though... I, but this is this, this is how I'm ending it, is that he gets the joke because you're a better comic. But you get the joke. Riley's going to kill somebody later now. <laughs> I get the joke. So then the question is, is the joke really worth it? What I'm saying is that in the grand scheme of your careers Probably and your relationship not. life, is this one joke <laughs> really that much of a thing? So which means it wasn't until now, and I think that I'm gonna have to um, just go ahead and publicly end our relationship right now <laughs> over this joke because I have to tell you, like, you know, this joke fucks pretty well, you know, like, and I like it, and this joke like takes its time, and I'm like, hey, you know, joke, like, I really need some extra love, like, just don't fuck me tonight, maybe make love. This joke is like, yo, I'm gonna make love to you, girl, like. I just maybe I'm gonna leave you over this joke because like this joke understands me like. Hold on. As like an Hang energy on. like. Hey guys. Who is she talking we're, about right now? <laughs> well, we're we're she's she's talking about bringing up with me over a cheese joke, which I guess that means I'll be, provolone. 
folks. Oh my god, the worst. <laughs> now she actually will break up with me for that shit. Come on, you can do cheddar than that. <laughs> oh my god, that was the dopest. I don't know any cheese puns. What? <laughs> I know. You're no good at cheese puns? Oh, no. I'm... Mozzarella with you. Hey. Ah. <laughs> I feel like this is like, you know, when you're a kid and you're like a farting contest. Oh, then you feel like you can't. Uh, you can't fart? Because you're a girl. Because I just Girls don't... don't have anuses. You don't know this? Well, it's not that. It's just that I don't eat that much. Gouda to fart that much, I think, is what oh. I think. No, so like the like legitimate physiological. What's the Parmesan? No, it's not the way. You had something there. You at least you took a run at it. It was sort of a stutter start. Didn't make it to the finish line, but you you tried. She's just gonna start shouting out cheese types for the next. I don't half really hour. know that many types. Should Cur- I Google some cheeses for you? Yeah. Yeah. Would that make okay? What's the curds with you? No. Okay. All right. What's, <laughs> oh, that was that was a good try. You 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 <laughs> moon I feel like you guys, moonster. Moon, I feel like, moonster. I feel like monster. I feel like this is like Anybody? a moment of I got weakness. It. <laughs> I feel like this is a moment of weakness where you thought I was like really brilliant, and you're like, "Oh, this dumb bitch doesn't even know cheese." <laughs> In case anybody's wondering, at cheese.com they have an alphabetic <laughs> list of all the cheeses. Now that's just goddamn convenient. You all right. found that site too quickly, dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're like, see, enter. <laughs> uh, let's see. Cheese. We have. Aged British cheddar, uh, acorn <laughs> adelost, uh, ADL brick cheese. Oh, these are these are so specific. Uh, Aggie Ag- Aggiano, Aggiano cheese. Is that like Christine Aguilera's cousin's dairy farm? <laughs> this has gotten ridiculous, Swiss. <laughs> Oh, you know, Swiss was one of the very first ones I thought of. I couldn't come up with anything. I'm glad that our our podcast has devolved to cheese puns. To cheese puns. This is this is the quality content, you guys. Oh my good. Uh, we can uh, talk about the RNC if you want. The RNC. Republican National Convention. <gasps> don't date our po- don't date the podcast. It oh. takes me sometimes. It takes me so long to get these I'm episodes just out. To well, fuck you're the in luck because. I'm sorry. Do you know how long vintage cheese lasts? <laughs> <laughs> A really long time, it turns out. I'm not even trying to call. Because that. it just because it doesn't expire. It just gets more vintage. I'm not even trying to call the com- the podcast back. <laughs> you know, it's more of like a it's like a cheese and wine date. Yeah. Or is it coffee? No. You know, I'm saying you just like, gotta be cool. I'm like, hey, you want? I'm like, hey, podcast, you want to watch Rick and Morty later? Ah, that's what you're there doing. You to the podcast. That's something you want to fuck, some, Riley. Some Netflix and chill. Yeah, but not Netflix and chill. It's quote unquote Netflix and chill. Yeah, you want to watch retro squidbillies and read later? <laughs> that was very. That was a very so specific. It was very specific. So here's what she wants you to do. So on bondage night, pull out squid billies. <laughs> you look so Maybe excited. Maybe some Rick about and Morty. It's called acting. 
There you go. <laughs> I'm looking for my lead Thanks, agent yeah. in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> Are there any lead agents in Bend? No. Is it called Butte or Butt? I think it's Butte. Butte. Oh, Butte. 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 Nope, just Butte. <laughs> Butte. Just Butte. You're trying a little too hard. Just Butte. But the Butte. Is it French? For butts? <laughs> what is Butte French for? Hill? I guess oh. butt. I don't know. Is it really hill? It looks like a big butt. Yeah. That's what a butte is. Oh. A butte is uh, smaller than a mountain, but bigger than a hill. No one's ever talked to me like I was white trash before. This is so weird for me. I'm not. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know the difference between champagne, prosecco, and cabo. We were talking about this, but like this is the first time <laughs> anyone's ever been like, listen, you dumb bitch. A butte is a hill. All Shut right. up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the I difference. Thank here's you for the difference me, between here's the difference between <laughs> Legos and Siso bl- building blocks. All right, is that there is they have parents who love them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Or parents who th- are there. Oh, just present. I love my Legos. <laughs> oh, God. oh God. Oh, for spending like 300 grand on a kid, I would kill them if they said that out loud at like 30. I would be like, you're the worst. Oh, God. I think if you hate your kid at 30, you should be able to stab it. No. Why? Why? Not stab at you, but you should be at least able to challenge him or her to a fight. Yeah. With like knives? No, just just bare hands. <clears throat> but I mean, like three hundred thousand dollars, like for your because fucking if, face. No, no because Fuck you. if you're that, if you, Ugh, if you I'm resent, gonna kick you in the head. I'm, I'm you, sorry. I feel like we're talking about a specific thing here. What are we talking about? Your kid that much, you would want to be able to oh. challenge them to a fist fight. Do you have kids? No. Oh God, no. Exactly. <laughs> that is what we're talking. Yeah. No. The reaction you just had is what we're talking about. Yeah. Elaine and I, so there, there's material that Elaine and I share. And uh, there was actually, here's a very specific uh, example. We both wrote jokes about um, us not having kids and Chuck E. Cheese. Two, that is a very basic premise. We both, I don't, I don't know who said it first, but we both took that premise and wrote very different punchlines. And we both used those jokes. So we, you know, they're far enough apart that we can use them without saying, without people saying, oh, you're using somebody else's joke. But we have understood that, you know, it is off the same premise, but we came up with our own punchlines. So we share the premise, even though one person came up with it. Right? Peace among worlds, Rick. We stab each other in the throat for premises around here. (laughs) Play hardball. That was the scariest voice I could come up with. That was terrible. So, <laughs> that was my scary voice. Here's here's a question. This okay. is this is deep. Okay. Uh, which do you think affects the other more? Do you feel that your relationship affects your career more, or your career affects your relationship more? I think my my instinct would be that the relationship affects the career more because we're able to approach uh like different opportunities that come our way or um or just like 
learning different things from each other and giving each other, you know, feedback and advice and stuff. And that, that's the sort of thing, like it helps our career, but it's, it's that sort of thing where those, uh, conversations that we have in those interactions we probably wouldn't necessarily have on the level that we do if we weren't in a relationship mm-hmm. so i feel like the relationship kind of establishes our ability to talk about our you know aspects of our career on the level that we're able to do mm-hmm. that's how i feel about it that but a, that's just me that is a solid answer yeah i think that like the healthier that we are as individuals and the more that we're able to like like the best thing that we can do for ourselves or for our relationship is to take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and so like i think like our own individual like physical and mental health um separate of our relationship is probably most important for like being able to work like collaboratively right because if you if you think about like when you work with anybody like for anything like whether it be a friendship or like someone like a coworker, or whatever like when you are at your best right when your bills are paid and when you're rested and fed yeah. and well exercised and taken care of and emotionally healthy you put out your best work and so for another person to be in that same space and then to be able to collaborate when you're both being your best selves I think is really important. So I think like our biggest thing has always kind of been like the best thing you can do for me is to take care of you. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it's like easier said than done totally, mm-hmm. you know, over time. But I think that's probably like the core, like, yeah, and it's definitely, done. Yeah. it's definitely a, a process that we've, uh, refined on over the years and perfected on in terms of like sort of learning, how each other thinks and how each other's minds work and how we're able to uh, communicate effectively, not just, you know, like in a relationship, but even just like with a, with our careers, because that's, because even our careers are sort of like their, their own relationship on top of the relationship we have just as two people in the world. Mm -hmm. So, so that all, all of it sort of feeds into each other and it's just kind of a, it's a weird mishmash of things, but I think, yeah, over time we just had to learn how to best be able to talk to each other about those things. Cause like, you know, initially we we're maybe more sensitive about it or, or not as open to different types of feedback just cause it was like, we weren't, you know, there's a lot, a lot I'm of, sure what you've experienced, a lot of the, a lot of oh, the yeah. quote unquote unknown going into it. <laughs> And not knowing, like, does this, like, you know, even on just on the surface level, it's like, does this person know what they're talking about? Or, or is what they're saying actually valid in terms mm-hmm. of can it actually help me get better? And then over time, you begin to learn, like, oh, okay, like, yes, this person has my best interest in mind. So they're always looking out for how they can improve, you know, how they can help me improve myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think as a comic in general, it's important to be cautious, but to still make sure that you're trusting because. I think the biggest thing that has ever really helped Riley and I is like the people who have mentored us it's like insane to think about like oh shit like you would take time out of your day to give me your phone number to call and talk to me about like a joke when you're like you know like filling like arenas you know yeah but I think it's just that network of comics like 
you know, like you pay it forward, like we were talking about, like Paulina earlier. Um, you know, like if someone's having like a week or whatever on tour and things like aren't going well, and you're like a comic, it's like why spend money on a hotel? Why spend money on parking your, you know, your space? Yeah. Like, come stay here, eat for free, come do extra shows, come make extra money. And I think it's more of that network of, like, artists trying to help other artists who are, like, along the way. And just, like, uh, I think it's easy to be cynical and to not trust other people. And so, like, yeah, when we deal with our emotions, especially with, like, modern love with, like, tender and shit like that of being rejected so much I think like it can sometimes be harder for people to like grasp that two artists in the same field would link up but like Mm -hmm. you know when you had that shitty job and it was like the bitch in accounting and like the dude in like IT were like fucking in the break room you know like that's just kind of how I think about it it's like you know like for some people it just like works like it's your kind of nerd you know I get that. I mean, I said bitch respectfully in that case. Yeah. Send your hate mail to uh, Corsi, Charlie, Oscar, Oscar, Romeo, comedy at gmail.com. <laughs> so I have, so I have two relationship, comedy relationship theories that I'd like to run past you guys. Okay. okay. Uh, the first one being the theory, you, you mentioned polyamory before. Um, and do you guys, have you guys even considered the theory of the three-way relationship that you are currently in with comedy being that third person? I haven't. Comedy has made me come, dog. <laughs> has comedy ever made you come? Uh, technically, no. No, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, oh gross. It's, well, <laughs> I see what just happened. It's had its chances. But I, I, mean, I think yeah. I think you're just like, yeah, you at that festival. Like, fuck you. All right, I saw what just happened. You're dead to me. All right. <laughs> Riley Fox, newly single. <laughs> <laughs> well done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I No, I had not considered it that way. But I'm curious about your other theory to see if it matches the, more. So how this I one, about it. so the three-way theory is more for the non-comedy. So it, I have used this theory with so like previous girls. So like if, if a, yeah, like if a comedian is dating a non-comedian, yes, then comedy that I have that the non-comedian needs to understand that they are in a three-way at this point, and that comedy is that second woman in the that, relationship. That I have it. That dynamic I have experienced. Okay. Before. Have you experienced this? Uh, yeah, no, I um, I just I never fuck around with that, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not it's not a fun situation to be in, but it is ultimately what happens a yeah. lot of I, times when you're in relationships with people who are not yeah in yeah. that world. I think basically. my philosophy prior to our relationship was like, um, it takes 21 days to make or break a habit. So yeah. like. This is going to be a cool three weeks, but I'm not going to call you after that. So, like, I never even considered, like, because, like, comedy is, like, intimate, and it's, like, hard to be, like, intimate on a surface level like that, you know? Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So, what, so have you been in other relationships while you've been a comedian, but with non-comics? 
Um, when I started, I was with somebody, um, and then I was with them for several years, and then I was single for a couple of years, and then Riley and I were together. So there you go. Did the did the non comic ever resent your comedy? Oh, uh, yeah, all writing, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't. I think about them. Yeah, yeah, that's or, what I mean. They yeah. can't. They can't understand yeah. that you are just as interested in not spending time with them as you are with spending time with them. And it's yeah, not about my my situation was that they she it was like right after I first started. And it was like when I was first starting to get just like doing little like guest spots on the road, and it was just like it was that very basic like why do you have to leave town to do this? Why can't you just do it? here yeah well it's not all here it's all you know you gotta go out and gotta go other places and it was just like it just didn't didn't make sense to her yeah and well and the worst time is when they refer to when i i tell them this they're like well you're in this relationship and then you're in that relationship this isn't a three-way you're in two relationships yeah and the idea and when I look at it that way I look at comedy as the more abusive relationship out of the two it's so interesting you say that because what I was thinking is like it's it's interesting because your own personal integrity lies within comedy yeah and the other relationship is sexual yeah and so like as humans like we always like lean towards like our personal integrity versus like reproduction so it's like almost like like an internal fortitude type situation. Well, us as comics, we definitely go that way. There are people that are more interested in reproducing, uh, but uh, those people, we don't <laughs> have to worry about them. Those people. <laughs> those people. Um, but the, oh, the other theory. So that one is more about dating non-comedians, civilians as I like to call them. Right. Mere muggles. Um, yeah, muggles, you know. Oh, <laughs> kitty. I do not agree with anything that was just said. No? Ooh, ooh, kitty. No, I don't. Like, tonight, so we're at the show, and then um, these guys come up with this, like, memorial for their friend who had, like, cancer, right? Hmm. And so dudes all, like, come up to me after my set, and he's like, you know, I really needed that, and I know before the show I came up to you because they were coming in, and I was like, well, by all means, at least let's make sure they can come in and get a drink and be comfortable. For me, I feel like, and this is one of the things when we were talking about where, like, you grew up off of, like, comedy albums from a different perspective. I grew up more of, like, HBO comedy, but, like, I feel an obligation to my audience to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that like couple that was older that was sitting in that middle table if like maybe their kid was like a heroin addict who was like living off of them in their house and they're just trying to get out and fucking think about something different or these guys who showed up and their friend had passed away from cancer like three days three weeks after he just married somebody is my understanding so like for me like whenever I have an opportunity to be in front of people like that I always kind of feel like more of like I don't know why you're here, but I'm going to do, like, my job. You know what I mean? Like, just because, like, the general manager is a shithead, you still want to make sure that the cook, like, doesn't undercook your pork and give you, like, mm-hmm. tip for him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but the question is, what happens when you have a significant other that doesn't want you to do that, that wants you to choose them over that experience? 
Well, I think, like, it's impossible for someone to truly love you if you get fulfillment out of something and they're trying to pull you away from where you have. Because what is success without fulfillment? It's failure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if you get praise, you know, uh, uh, monetary compensation, what have you, if you don't feel anything about it, then it is in and of itself failure. So if you find something that fulfills you, that lights you up, Mm -hmm. and then you have anyone who gets in your way of that, unless it's like shooting up heroin, okay, so you call like a physician. But I'm like, But that's what I'm saying is that your significant other has to understand that they need to share you with your comedy career. So your comedy career is the third person in the relationship. So they they can't be jealous of the time that you spend with this other relationship that you have Mm. so they need to be able to appreciate the three-way relationship i love how you're like you've never dated a not comic (laughs) that like as a comic i just have never dealt with anything like that really i i mean i i did a little bit but it wasn't it didn't it didn't last very long after she started objecting to yeah that's kind of what happened like, to me yeah, it okay. didn't really last really long after the objection as i was just kind of like you know like if you have a problem with this then like that's kind of on you it's yeah kind of, unless like let me just say like a disclaimer because i don't want to give like bros like free reign like if you are talking shit about someone on stage and they have a problem with it. That is valid. Yeah. But if you're like, I don't like Polish sausage because I prefer Italian hot sausage, X, Y, Z. Yeah. And they have a problem with you doing open mic at a coffee shop, then like, that's not cool either. Yeah. You know? So, are you, so my other theory, we'll get to this one. Uh, comics, dating comics is the uh oh shit oh god no i lost it oh oh man it'll come back to me later <laughs> i cannot wait to see that edited out if you could just send me that sound by the way because you were just like that's gonna, that's gonna be my new text message tone. no just just text messages from my mother <laughs> oh no so, but I do have another question to ask you: Is how do you feel about the other one telling jokes at your expense? See, that's an interesting situation because yeah. we actually have never. I think I once, like, vi- like very early on in our relationship, I had a joke about dating you. It was about it was one when you were still working at the car dealership, and it was some. I mean, it was it was a it was a terrible joke. So I didn't. I probably just stopped telling it because it wasn't that funny. But the joke was something like, uh, "Oh, I, I date a girl at a car de- dealership." And, oh, right, and I, I don't. Now, yeah. And the joke was like, uh, "So I'm having to learn how to how to like talk on her level because she's all about salesmanship. So oh, I have to right, like right. so I have to like sell myself. So like." What do I have to do to put my penis in your vagina oh, today? I like, hated that just joke. Like, just like really stupid shit. I hated shit. that joke. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought it was so dumb. That's pretty good. I like that. I hated that joke. <laughs> that so, People right. love that joke. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I yeah, I didn't think it was that funny. So yeah, I, I, I probably just I probably just got sick of it and just stopped doing it. But my favorite then, part about that joke is you didn't respect yourself after you told it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of like very obvious it was as I was like telling the you joke. You had been dancing. You at home of five hundred bucks, <laughs> and you had never cried harder than you had cried in your life. <laughs> oh like you hated yourself because it's like the dumbest joke like in your entire set. Yeah, yeah, it, I it, it, it didn't funny. last long. But but since then we we haven't. Since then, anytime that we have like funny things that happen with each other or to each other, most of the time now they just stay as inside jokes between ourselves, and mm-hmm. and they don't really go much further than that. For what reason, I don't really know why, but yeah, not everything has to be shared. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that's our idea. <laughs> so, what what did you not like about the joke? I don't have a problem with it. Oh, okay, well. He hated it more than I hated it. Oh. Because you feel it's the dumbest well, joke you were telling at the time. Well, I'm telling you're, much dumber ones now, so maybe I'll pull it back out of but the But you were telling, like, you were telling, like, Chomsky jokes and shit. Oh, time. right, yeah. It just that didn't was, fit was, with your act. That right? was my, yeah, I was in a heavy political phase, and then I had that one like, fucking joke that was, like, stuck out. I'm like, nah, got no place for this in my rant about capitalism. <laughs> I don't really have any jokes about you. According to the premises that we've set during this episode of this podcast, you have every right to steal that joke from him now. That is technically true. He hasn't used like, it in years. I love how you're trying to like, sabotage our relationship. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I mean, the, like, you're like that dude from Bravo <laughs> at like the Real Housewives, like the third like reunion episode. It's like... Well, according to what was just said, you have the right to disembowel her right now, and here is a sickle. <laughs> Rope this bitch no, 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 no. <laughs> So, uh, I think we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to ask you this one. Okay. And this is, I've been trying to steer clear of any questions that would cause any jeopardy to the stability of your relationship. Uh, I don't want to be responsible for anything like that, uh, but I do want to ask this question because it comes up. Uh, I have a friend who recently got out of a relationship uh, with another comedian, and the the biggest concern for her was being seen as the feature that's fucking that headliner. The idea being that the only reason that one person got the gig was because their significant other was booked. Is this a fear that you two might have or is this one that I just instowed in you this very moment (laughs) no I think like for us it's kind of like if people like view it in that way Mm -hmm. then like that's kind of like more on like them because one like I don't really trust anybody as much as you like to work like the reason why you went up first tonight is because you came by and you're like, I, you know, it could be slow. I don't really know what's happening. So I was like, we need someone who's a pro up front, who's work cold crowds, who can get it together, dial everybody in, and set the headliner up, meaning I get to go to work to set the headliner up in between. So for mm-hmm. us, I think it's really more about like, what's the flow of that show? What's that audience going to identify with? And if you're going to do some, like, ultra-depressing shit, then, like, I'm going to do something that's, like, more, like, you know, kind of more bubbly or silly or, like, intellectually, like, uh, 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 you know, uh, kind of a misdirection rather than, like, 
taking it down like the rabbit hole of like what's the US military doing with drones you know (laughs) I'm just saying like it's kind of like a responsibility that we both have to the show when we're Mm -hmm. both on the same show because if we both want to go that route then we're going to kill the show for the headliner Mm -hmm. and that's like totally fucked up and like if I like I close on like that reflections joke and it's a pretty rough joke but I close on that joke the way I did because Polina being the headliner that she is, mm-hmm. she's gonna scoop everybody up as soon as she like comes on stage and like pick back up. So I feel pretty confident in that. And like, yeah, I think you just want somebody you can trust, you know? Yeah, I mean, to do the right to do their work. Yeah, and we and there there are times when we were on the same show and and we just we know dynamically oh it's better if if you go ahead of me or if i go ahead of you and and so like i think initially people kind of had that whole like oh uh, you got gig because blah 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 just like just because everyone just thought that initially but it was like over time uh we deliberately tried to do things against that type in order to uh, a eliminate that perception and b then just be able to like show like oh yeah like they can like either one of them could headline a show and open for the other one and it would be mm-hmm. the greatest fine. compliment I think is when we went to Brody and it was like our first show at Brody and we were both coming in late and um, they said uh, Brody being the Brody Theater in Portland oh yeah <laughs> thanks yeah sorry um, the Brody Theater in Portland yeah and um. Uh, the guy around the show said, I couldn't pick between the two of you, so I just flipped a coin. And to us, that was, like, the biggest compliment. It was, like, finally, <laughs> yeah. like... Finally like, someone gets it finally, that it's, like, it can, just, it can just be either of us. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> so to us, that's, like, the most important thing is, like, you know, we hope it's not, like, oh, like, you're better in this way or you're better in that way, but, like... We also came from, like, the same region. We came from the same writing school, even though we were at different times. So, you know, and even, it's, not and even though... it's not, you know, far-fetched that we would be able to link up and be, like, a wave and draw flow of each other's styles. Yeah, and even though our styles are different or our philosophies are different, our backgrounds are, are similar enough that we that our, our differences are still able to just mesh really well together just because of our backgrounds and sort of how we met and just sort of the dynamic of how all of it came together. It's just like, it's this weird, it's this weird thing where it's like, we're very different comedically, but it just, it, the two just work really well together. So it's like, it's because you have a penis and I have a vagina and that's how. <laughs> okay. Fits. Yeah. I was just, I was just, I was just being coy mystery selves. The, with Elaine and I, there is, there's, uh, there's it's always, like a lifetime jump in. There is, there's always jealousy when one person gets booked and not the other, but there is never resentment there. There's never a negative feeling towards the other person specifically. There is a, oh, I wish I had gotten that. that Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. But it's not a, oh, I should have, I deserve that more or I should have gotten that better. And you don't take it personally. Yeah, exactly. Because of it, because it's just, you know, because like half the time in our experience, it's just like, oh, I had one spot available and I just asked you first yeah. so you got it it's, yeah. it's just, just not even it's not even well, I think it's inconsequential being we've been through the ringer though 
you know, we've been through people saying things. We've been through... What's the ratio of shows that you guys do and do not do together? Anymore? I mean, you know, that's kind of the thing is, like, you know, we, we came from the same, like, writing background, like, literally at the exact same time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have different comedic philosophies. So, like, we actually pull from the same source material... But we're able to come at that source material from a different lens. Mm -hmm. So we have a nice, like, symbiotic relationship on stage together. Whether he goes first or I go first or someone else is in between. It's like if we're both on the show, it's going to be a good show. And so after, like, so many years, I think after, like, the third year, pretty much ever since we've been in Portland... It's been much more of like, yes, I want both. And it's not like we're back to back always, but it's like, I want to show with intellectual comics. You know, my, you know, people are like, oh, like, what's your brand or whatever? And it's like, oh, go fuck off. But Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, to me, if I describe it in two words, it'd be intellectually silly. And so I think like you kind of have your own interesting mix uh, of that. And so it takes the, you know the different perspectives I think on the same take but I take it from much more of like a an entertainer aspect mm-hmm. like I'm I'm a slave to audiences whereas like I think you which I you know I envy I think a little bit uh, you feel like I'm here for me you're here for me no one's here for you shut the fuck up like you know sit back and enjoy the show that's all you need to do yeah but I'm like did your kid die last week I got a new joke for you you know it's way weirder yeah so when what was the last show that you guys didn't do together who did the show I think it was I think it was you yeah yeah how long ago six months Uh, something like that let me think for a second here Something like that, I would say. Yeah, so, sometime. Yeah, it's probably. Well, you think it was was it more than six months, or sometime in the last six months? <laughs> I don't think it makes any difference. No, the reason it's been, it's been a few months. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is based on your experience of performing in the same shows. Uh, my question is: Has whoever the second person is, have you ever changed your set list at the last minute because of the other person's set to either mesh better with it or to throw a joke in there that that's just for them because early, of one that they told? Early on, I think, but now we like you always run your set by me first before I even write my set. Yeah, we always. Yeah, I we always. We always, look at his we always set before I write my set. Yeah, we always check each other's set lists before any show um to make sure in the same city we'll like text it or whatever so yeah just to make sure that like that we you know you know no matter what like we feel like oh okay this is like it's it's our it's sort of like our last that's sort of like our last chance opportunity for one of us to be like oh i think you should maybe move this joke up here or yeah cut this one and do this other one instead before the show starts like once the show starts then we're kind of like more or less on our own so to speak yeah. but up before it starts 
that's sort of like our last chance. I was like, okay, here's what I am kind of thinking. What do you think? Oh yeah, this is good. This is great. Do do it just like this. Don't change anything. Okay, cool. What about me? You know, move this joke down here. I think another key is is that our ability to like separate our sexual relationship from our working relationship. Yeah. Um, like if Riley doesn't like a joke of mine, that doesn't mean that he doesn't like me. <laughs> or he doesn't think I'm funny, or he doesn't think I'm blowing well, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it means that your punchline is not as tight as it could be. Yeah. All it is, it's actionable feedback. And so, just like looking at it from more of like the business perspective of like if someone sent you a document and this document had content that was creative for your client who is an artist and trying to like evaluate on an intellectual level. I think that's really probably been, like, the key to, like, the longevity of our relationship is, like, really looking at it from more of, like, okay, well, we're working now, you know? And if we're, like, having dinner and we're, like, fucking off or we're, like, watching Mr. Show or doing whatever, that's mm-hmm. a different time of day. But, like, when we're putting our name behind something, when we're putting our face on something, it does, discur- it does deserve scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And you should look at it three four five times in a different lens and you should shop it to non-comedians and you should you know strain it as much as you possibly fucking can and i think that like having that type of like focus yeah is something that you know in terms of like what your questions are i think that's more of like what a real answer is rather than us being like oh we're idiots because well, for like 30 minutes we've been like oh we're idiots but I guess that's more like a real answer because then people start asking the question how could somebody that is this talented date somebody this untalented because how can somebody that talented and professional not teach somebody and talk to them about the jokes that aren't making it that aren't landing yeah and then there is the the lesser talented person where you have like to grow together, yeah. yeah how mm-hmm. do you not how do you not learn from that person so yeah. when you have people that are close to the same level, like Elaine has only been doing it uh, probably like a third of the time that I've been doing it at this point. Uh, but she instantly took to it so quickly. And she has been, uh, you know, growing by leaps and bounds. So we've we've kind of noticed that our relationship with each other, uh, it's interesting, like we've, we've noticed it mirrors a little bit of like uh the relationship between of course this is going to sound like a real douchebag thing when i when i do this douche it up douche it up it makes us sound like jerry seinfeld and larry david in that you have uh larry david who's sort of like the uh the 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 harsh (laughs) dark genius that he is and then you have. He struggled J- because I'm Larry, and he didn't want to insult me. Aww. And then I-, I love how you opened with harsh. By the way, kind of fucked up, but whatever. I'll have well. a salad. And then Jerry's like the polished, like, hey, I'm able to take these awful things and present them in a way that is palatable to the mass audience. <laughs> Here are my 25 jokes about grapefruit juice. Yeah. So. Uh. So our dynamic sort of mirrors that from time to time, and and it, and it can and the roles can switch, uh, depending on you know case by case scenarios. But uh, it's definitely just really kind of come down to like 
we never take it personal and we're always able to recognize like when the other person is just trying to offer uh honest and um genuine feedback towards anything creative whether it's a stand-up bit or if we're working on a project together and and we're like hey i think this thing might be better this way or whatever and it's just knowing how to how to you know get that trust how to build that up over so many years and i think it's kind of like um like you know the larry jerry dynamic is a very great uh uh representational like uh visualization versus execution Mm -hmm. and so like and also like charm versus work so like Larry David is a charmer. He's a fucking cocksucker. He's an asshole. He fucks everyone over. Everyone hates him, but he always wins in the end. That's mm-hmm. me. I don't even know how it happens. Like it's terrible. I like kick you in the nuts and you're like buying me whiskey at the end and I'm like, I'm so sorry. But like Jerry does everything right, works mm-hmm. hard, does his research, and like by the grace of God gets like one fucking joke that works you know, that fucking day. But it's a good goddamn. It joke. is a good goddamn joke. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it. And it's like, it's a dynamic. You know what I mean? Interesting. It's all about the dynamic. Like Riley and I, as people, get along so amazingly. But Riley and I, as comics, like, oh my god. We we've, we've, well, we've, we have we've, quabbled over a syllable for like five to six. Yeah, like it's it's like it's, it's definitely silly. it's definitely like leveled out significantly but like yeah the first couple of years it was very like butting heads like no well, I think comedy is about this and you think comedy is about that and this is and just like over time we kind of realized like okay like I can see why you think this is the way comedy should be I see why I you think that I think this thing about comedy and it was just you know it, it becomes that whole thing of like just getting over yourself and your own idealistic ideas and uh, learning that you know what you're not always right and this joke could be better if you did it this way but well, you wouldn't have thought of it unless somebody else came and said hey do it this way and you're like oh shit I should have been doing it this way this entire fucking time yeah. and we never worked together on a single project until last year I thought it was it or this year oh was it this year it was this year uh-huh. yeah so uh, yeah we've been together five years we did our first co-writing project this year really yeah our first packet we sent to a network we co-wrote together yeah. oh that's pretty cool what was it can you talk about it um, yeah, yeah, yeah we didn't, we didn't so what did it. you write fan fiction about yeah <laughs> 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 we can talk about it because it didn't get picked yeah. up or anything. it was for uh it was for an nbc uh writers like late night writers workshop thing mm-hmm. and uh the packet was like uh, send in some monologue jokes, some sketch ideas, you know, typical sort of like what you would expect in a in a typical late night show um, writing packet. Mm-hmm. So, so we sort so then we it was like we had like maybe like a month or six weeks to put it together, and we we basically spent the first three weeks just talking things out and just basically just pitching back and forth and. Um, you know, kind of honing in on different ideas that we liked and then and then the last two or three weeks we just sat down and just we would 
one of us would maybe like write a draft up of like a sketch or something and then and then give it to the person and say okay here's here's my first draft what do you think of this what needs to be changed and then the other person would say okay you know it was almost like in that aspect it was almost sort of like you're you know you're a writer and the other person's the the editor sending back the the notes mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's a lot of red pen yeah at that time yeah <laughs> but it was one of those things where and i mean like classic like english teacher <laughs> red pen like yeah. <laughs> i mean it was yes. three lines for capitalization but it was like but i think that that sort of thing was kind of like if we hadn't uh i think i think we were smart to wait that long before we collaborated because we had that many years under our belt of like getting you know gaining that trust with each other and you know knowing like okay this these are this person's strengths these are their weaknesses these are my strengths these are my weaknesses how can we put these all of this together to create the best quality um product out there between the two of us instead of just having each of us doing our own separate thing yeah yeah neuroses really gets in the way so have you guys ever tried or thought about trying performing together on stage people have, duo people have uh thrown that concept around numerous times in the last few years you always roll your eyes at it i don't roll my eyes at first but then i as the more I, <laughs> but then when i think about the lo- the likelihood or, or logic of like i like there's part of me that's like I could see us maybe pulling it off, but then on the other one, like, I could see that not going well at all, so I'm not sure <laughs> how that would go if we actually tried. Because we, we do have projects that we have that we're trying to work on together that are they're not, not... I guess I kind of feel like our relationship a little bit more like golf. Like... Oh, I can't wait to hear this comparison. <laughs> I love metaphors! Go! Well, like, both of us, like, go up and we do our time. Mm-hmm. And even if we do the same amount of time, it's really about just like doing like your best performance and like, like you can't, yes, like how someone else performs and their attitude that's like with you, you know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. course, like can affect you, but like, you know, only you can really decide the type of performance that you had. Like tonight, like I was so exhausted, like on the way to the venue, like I was literally like yawning, and I was like, I don't even know if I'm yawning so hard. Like yeah. this is the hardest yawn. I was like, ah, my ribs. Like why am I yawning so hard? Yeah. But I was like, fuck that. I'm about to get hyper. You know, just because like you know, like you that's know, when like, the Red yeah. Bull comes in. <laughs> I didn't even have one tonight, <laughs> and I'm addicted to Red Bull. I drink like. I drank like 32 ounces of Red Bull today. Yeah. Like, I did. Jeez. I haven't had any today. Oh, are you going with, through withdrawals? Getting shakes? Getting no. the DTs? No. <laughs> no. So what... I guess what is... What is the most unattractive thing about performing together? Is it just the the idea of a couple act? Gross, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty high up on the list, okay. I would say, because it does like it's different than like, oh, it's two siblings or oh, it's just two friends. It's like, oh, look at the boyfriend and girlfriend being cute doing comedy together. <laughs> it just seems very hokey, yeah, in its own essence. Okay. For those okay. listening at home, yeah. Cora's nodding in agreement. The, the look that she's giving me <laughs> equal to the look that I gave her that was just as awkward. <laughs> I was very much nodding in 
harsh agreement. <laughs> Pretty much if someone was like, hey, you should eat Preparation H capsules for your whole life. That's the look on my face. I'm, that, that's somebody. the look I just gave you. <laughs> Inappropriate. So here's, okay, so here's my question. Do you think that you, you could... I what if I eat preparation H wine? Tell you what, I... <laughs> Look I under your. You were gonna say legit. Look under your chairs. <laughs> Preparation. You get age. a wipe and you get a wipe and you. All right. Okay. <clears throat> Back to OP. Okay. So that. Do you think you could write a duo comedy act? Yeah, if we had to. Yeah. Okay. We had to. Yeah. Yeah, we could we could figure out a way to make it work, but we would be <laughs> we would be very we do be doing so very resentfully at the fact that we were nah, having to do nah. well yeah. not well no. it depends on how much we're getting paid I well. mean, like, <laughs> you whore if it was like 10 grand I mean yeah but not just for at, me but at like, first was, we would hate it but we would probably we would probably grow to love it Aww. I mean fuck you if I was getting paid 40 grand to write a 3 minute sketch for the fucking Oscars <laughs> like yeah I could find a way to figure it the fuck out <laughs> I mean, fuck the Oscars, but whatever. I could figure it the fuck out. Are you serious? Like, you know, that's like that's like ten thousand three. That's like ten thousand three hundred like per like motherfucking like minute, dog. <laughs> minute. That's like ten thousand three hundred like per minute. <laughs> I could figure it out. <laughs> fuck you, Riley. I could fake it. <laughs> I could like I could like I mean, take I could like fake it too, but it, I could take like DP from like eight Mormons at a time. That's a lot are. of dedication because <clears throat> their dicks are so small. Well, this oh! has been Mormon burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can't end it on that. I was going to end it on the whole Mormon DP thing. I can't. I can't on your own Mormon small dick. Oh God. <sighs> All right, so now I have to come up with another question before we can end this thing. Um, I, uh, so, final question. This one's pretty good. Where do you see... Uh, what, how far down the road do you see both your relationship and your careers? And how, how do you see that? What are your plans? Uh, well... <laughs> not going to say the lottery and woo. <laughs> They're trying to coach me on answers. <laughs> if you guys picture any trial that you've ever watched on TV, when the lawyer puts his hand over the microphone and leans over, that's exactly what Cor just did. I, I think he should say. It's <laughs> exactly what just happened. You guys are the worst. All right, plugs. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my web my website is uh, rileyfoxcomedy.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Riley underscore Fox. Make sure you fit the underscore or you will talk to a 14-year-old girl about Justin Bieber. <laughs> Sounds like fun. So it's dumb. fun. My website is uh, sororitycumslots underscore three dot com. I've been there. For lots of comedy. Yeah. Once um, again, that's sorority, as glad. in the girl. I'm glad you upgraded from... Come, no with a K, that's with a C. I'm just glad you Sluts upgraded three. from dot .gov to and dot .com. That's, you're moving up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me. Folks. <laughs> or come with me. Yeah. 
Do you have any other, <laughs> any other, nope, no, any other plugs? That's, that's it. Uh, that's you mean gonna... butt plugs? <laughs> yes, I mean butt plugs for your butt. I'm gonna leave it right there. I think that sounded good. <laughs> <laughs>